Hello, and welcome to No Lights Paranormal. My name is Joe. I am the lead investigator. I am Alex. I am the head tech guy that sets up the equipment. And my name is Teresa. I am the bookworm historian and researcher who firmly believes that every single building has a story. Together, we are No Lights Paranormal, the podcast that journeys into the spooky parts of the web and the world to explore and discuss the most compelling stories of the paranormal. We also share our own experiences and theories, uh, just to add a little extra fun into the discussion. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, today we wanted to talk about our very first experiences with the paranormal when we first actually visually witnessed what we would call a spirit or a ghost or a specter, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to start by listening to Alex, your very first paranormal sighting. Tell us about it. I see what you did there. Mm. <laughs> uh, my first paranormal sighting. Um, I think I'll go with the first one that I can remember. Um, there was a point where I lived in a house in Chippewa Lake in Ohio. Um, to give you a little bit of backstory, uh, our house had an indoor pool in it. It was where a garage technically would be located. That's where our indoor in-ground pool was. Um, when my mom bought the house, uh, my mom's name is Tina. Every female listed on the deed, their name was Tina. Um, backstory that could have caused the haunting in the house was that the one of the previous owners had shot himself in the master bathroom. Um, so uh, there were plenty of things that happened in the house itself. Uh, all the time you would hear people splashing and basically a pool party going on when you know, it was the middle of the night and nobody was out of the pool. Um, my mom, I believe she said it was like once per year would get a phone call where it was just dead air. Nobody would pick up the phone. Nobody would be on the other end. It's just no busy signal, nothing like that. Just dead space. Um, my personal experiences in that house um, that I can remember, uh, it started simple enough. Um, I was one of those kids that had... A thousand and one stuffed animals. Um, I had probably two to three trash bags full of stuffed animals all over my bed. And uh, the first few times that I can remember anything happening, I would wake up with my stuffed animals being uh, lined up mm. on the perimeter, on the outside of my bed, all facing me. Um... Outside of that, in that bedroom, I can remember that if I went to bed with the closet door closed, when I woke up, it would be open, and vice versa. If it was open, it would be closed when I woke up. Um, after that, uh, longer we lived there, probably going on like a year or so, um, I would remember seeing a woman in white standing at the end of my bed when I woke up in the morning. Um, 
So that kind of is what took me down this road of paranormal investigations. Uh, the part that really gets me about that is that all of the previous owners of the residence had a wife named Tina. Yeah. That's creepy. That's a little bit different. And again, those are... <clears throat> no so relation. That part I didn't learn until later. No, no relation. All yeah. different Tinas, but they oh. were all Tina. That's kind of creepy. House has a preference. That's weird. Right. Can never call it by the wrong name. But... <laughs> Speak A. <laughs> so... Um, so the very first thing that you actually saw was this woman in white? Uh, so that's the very first spirit that I've actually seen. Okay. That's pretty crazy. And obviously back then you weren't really versed in getting a recorder out to take an EVP or to talk to it or anything. You probably now, just freaked out a little bit, right? How old were you? Uh, that would have been... We bought that house in 85. I was in kindergarten, so I would have been five years old at that mm. point. <laughs> yeah, you freaked out. <laughs> Little guy. Crazy, right? Very crazy. Actually, the mm-hmm. part that stood out to me was that he had stuffed animals. Lots of stuff. Of course, of course. Now you know my weakness. This yeah. is the animals. guy that rescued a raccoon. Yeah, I know. How does it surprise you? <laughs> it does not. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially a stuffed animal with teeth. Yes. <laughs> this is my finger with holes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, what about you, Joe? What was your very first paranormal experience? Um, my first one, I don't know if you could call it a paranormal. It was really wasn't with a ghost or a spirit. Um, at the time, and I'm not trying to get religious with it at all, but at the time I saw this, I was going through what some would consider a crisis of faith. Sure. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. Uh, always went to church on Sunday, not so much Wednesday, but went to church... <laughs> religiously and all that I am not religious anymore but at the time I was deciding whether or not I wanted to believe in what I was told by my parents because I believed it or because my parents told me to believe in it mm-hmm. that makes sense. and as I said I grew up in a Christian household went to a Christian school here in Wadsworth um, and I was going through that mode of trying to find out if this is what I wouldn't believe in or if it's something else and with that, the way my mind works, I was always told, if you want answers, ask God. So I specifically asked him for certain questions and certain things, um, like gravity being broken, for instance, something along those lines. And one of the questions I asked was, show me that you're real. I hear all these stories. I hear all these Bible stories. I want to know that you're real, that what I'm going to put my faith in and my time in is going to be worth it for me. So if you're real and the devil's real and all this other stuff is real, show me it. I want to see it. And then you know that thing of be careful what you ask for? Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I remember this vividly. It was as I was coming home from a party one night and I, at that time I did not drink or smoke. I was still a good kid at that time. Um, <laughs> and I remember we stopped at a gas station and I went to the bathroom. Bathroom was locked. I had to go around because I'm a guy, I can pee outside. I had to go around to the back of the gas station to pee. And as I'm back there, I hear a rustling in the like little wooded area. Didn't think anything of it, thought it was a cat or a dog or a skunk or something like that. And then I got the very distinct smell of rotting flesh. 
and sulfur. At that time, no inkling toward the paranormal whatsoever. I did not know sulfur was related to demons or uh, anything of that ilk. So I continued doing what I was doing. And then I heard a very deep voice say my name. And I turned around because I thought it was my buddy messing with me. Are you still peeing at this point? Not at this point. Things have stopped. Okay. Uh, So now he's shitting. (laughs) So I turn around and I see what I can only guess would be a demon standing right there. And it looked right at me and said, now you know it's real. And then told me its name. Now, for anybody that is listening, I don't know how much you guys know. I don't want to assume. But for someone of that kind to tell you their name is very rare because if you have the name they have power you have power over it so when he told me his name and I will not ever repeat it that freaked me out and kind of solidified my faith in what I wanted to believe in because I literally just asked that question that day and then boom he answered the question it kind of solidified it for me, but yeah, that was my first and first go into the paranormal. Yeah, and I would I would say any sort of direct answer to a question like that is pretty smack you in the face. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, and that's kind of how I took it. Yeah, you can't really and ignore that. That is the first time I've shared that in a while. So no, I dig um, it. I dig it. Um, uh, of course, it would just so happen while you're just trying to take a pee. Well, I mean, all the best things happen when you're occupied. So. Right. Well, I mean, don't we learn the most things sitting on our phones while we're being, you know? Also seems like the most indirect, direct answer. Mm-hmm. Hey, right. God, let me know you're real. No, you can't see me, but here's the devil. Exactly. Ooh. Ooh. Well, because... It, mind you, I'm not trying to get religious, but if you've read the Bible... It's because you challenged. Humans yeah. can't see God because of sinful nature. Agree or disagree, doesn't matter. This is for just the purpose of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we couldn't actually look upon him. So, to not kill you, I'll send this person or tell this person that, hey, we're real. Yeah. Because I not only questioned him, I questioned the other one also. Mm-hmm. Because they're yin and yang. Yeah, that's creepy. So, yeah, that was my first inclination of, oh, things are real. (laughs) It's not just make-believe. Okay. (laughs) And oddly enough, that should have made me afraid of things in the dark, but it may be a little bit psychotic that I run towards them now. But, you know, I think that that's always the way it is. You are either, with, with the paranormal world, when you see something or you hear something for the very first time, you are either all in or you're all out. There's really no sitting on the fence. Um, I've never met anyone who's like, holy shit, I just saw a ghost. That's the coolest thing in the world, but I don't really want to look again. Yeah, uh, I've met a lot of people like that, actually. I haven't. For me, it's like... <laughs> I'm related to It's one. like, I need more, I need more, I need more, or holy shit, I'm out. That's not for me. I feel like that describes most things that I love in life. Yeah. In yeah. or out, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, go ahead, tell us your... Yeah, no, while we're here, actually, I wanted to go ahead and introduce everybody to my good friend, Cena. Hello. Cena is one of the co-hosts of, um, well, you know what? I'm just going to let her say hello. So, Cena, tell us. Tell us. All right. So, um, hi, I'm Cena from the Wife Wednesday podcast. And that's my kid upstairs. That is the child upstairs, not a ghost. Right. Um, 
<laughs> I have been friends with Alice and Teresa for probably about two, three years now. Oh, two yeah, years. yeah. Three, let's um, call it three. Joe is my uncle by marriage, so um, seven, seven years <laughs> with him as friends. And uh, I got a phone call last night to be invited to this. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Surprise! 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 <laughs> so with, with Cena's uh, amazing knowledge of, you know, the Wife Wednesday podcast journey, um, which is fabulous, by the way. You totally need to look it up, and I will make sure that she shouts that out so that you can. Anyway. Um, Links will be provided. Yes. She's got a lot of info, so we, we hopefully are going to learn a lot from her and make our podcast not Check suck. Wizard. That way you might actually want to listen to it. So, yeah. What about your first experience then? I was actually just going to ask about yours because mine is pretty cool. Okay, so Shift. I'm going to do kind of like what Alex did where I'm going to tell a story, but I'm going to tell a backstory first. Okay, cool. So um, the house I grew up in, which my parents still own to this day, no. um, is an older house, uh, like 200 years old. It's an old house. One of the founding houses in Worcester. Like, it was an old one. And ever since we were babies, my parents have always known that there's been the shadow in the house. And my dad would have dreams where this man would walk down the hallway to their bedroom and look at them and then walk over to our rooms when we were in cribs and look at us and my dad's looking through these eyes hmm. and then the ghost would walk back to him and stare at him or the shade would until either one of my parents would wake up and my dad would see like oh our arm was stuck in the crib or oh one of us climbed out or something and when he would get up to check he'd see this shade in the door and then it would disappear and he would go and check on us because he had just dreamed about us and whatever he saw in that dream, like he would find us either with our arm out of the crib or we climbed out or anything like that. So it didn't scare my parents. They just knew it, it was there. And I have this distinct memory. Um, I, I always used to be able to, the way my our hallway was or is upstairs is, my brother's room and my sister and I's room was on one side of the house. And then the hall was almost like Z-shaped. And then my parents was on the other end. And I would always see a shadow at, at the end Z where my parents' room was. Huh. Like kind of always like peeking around the corner. And I was so afraid of that hallway. I would have to put a blanket over my head to walk through there. Wow. If it was dark out. Right. Because I was afraid of the man at the end of the hallway. But if I put a blanket on me, sure, I was yeah, fine. Yeah, Obviously. <laughs> very, very weird. The blanket cures all. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I learned to cope with it. I got over it. Um, and then so, fast forward, I would consider that my first sighting. But it was so young that I didn't understand what I was seeing or experiencing. And then I distinctly remember um, growing up, we had tons of people that lived with us. My parents could never turn a child away. And I ended up, we, yeah, we made, literally had to make extra bedrooms throughout the house. (laughs) 
And so I eventually got a room downstairs. And at this point, I think I'm 16, 15, 16. And I'm with my friend Cassandra. And we were up late, you know, we're just talking and giggling about stuff. And um, the room that was my bedroom didn't actually have doors. They were curtains. Again, we had so many people staying in this house. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hear the someone step on the bottom steps, which is right outside of my room at that point. And I'm like, hey, stop talking. Someone's listening to us, you know? And (laughs) we start hearing the steps going up. And it's an old house. There's 14 stairs. Creaks. You start hearing up. It's like, creak, creak, creak. I'm like, I don't... You know when you live with someone so long, you can recognize their steps? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know whose steps these were. And so she and I pop out of that curtain, and you can still hear the steps going, but no one's there. That's awesome. And she and I looked at each other (laughs) and went back into my room and we both got in my bed and that's where we stayed the rest of the night that's a nope moment (laughs) yeah and we didn't we did nothing ever came of it other than that happened and the stairs going all 14 of them that's impressive important clarification for joe and i when you went back to your room did you or did you not climb under the covers of course I climbed under yeah. the covers. Where it's safe, right? That's your shield, man. It's safe. <laughs> Nothing else is going Blanky to save you. Blanky powers. They're yeah. real. <laughs> Blanket over the head, right? So yeah. I actually find that ridiculously intriguing. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Because, like, um, especially, you know, it's it's literally, whatever this entity is, is literally, like, telling your dad, like, hey, you, you know, here we are <laughs> checking on the kids. There's a ghost nanny cam. Yeah, basically. Literally. That's so The cool. early 90s edition. Right, right. right. You got to pay big money for that shit now. Sir, don't worry. We got them. Right. right. But then the fact that it did all of that and somehow still managed to give you a fearful feeling, that's kind of weird to me. Well, I'm going to state for the record right now that I am a certified chicken. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will. Okay. Um, there you go, then. Also, did your dad ever experience night terrors? Yes. My dad is a very spiritual person. Okay. My dad is. I don't want to give away any of like his stuff. No, I, I get really very. Um, he just knows some shit. It's, it's almost like you, but it's different. Understood. <laughs> it, it is different. Um, everyone has like what they see, what they don't see. Mm-hmm. Their own personal little little gifts. My father calls it a curse. Um, and it can very much be. I actually shut mine off for the longest time because I, I hurt people's feelings with it. Like when you when you describe um, the death of your friend's cousin in like such horrible detail before you realize that it's their cousin, she's literally sitting there uh, just in hysterical tears because I just described the death scene of her cousin who was hit by a drunk driver. Because All right. Let's put a lid on that for a moment. Let's pause That's and come another back episode. to that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so, this is also be an end of the episode. Yeah. This is part of our squirreling problem. See? I told you we squirrel. <laughs> okay. So then that leads to my very first paranormal experience. Oh, so, I'm not sure... I'm not sure if it's a paranormal experience or if it's something that a lot of kids go through, but I was very, very little. I was like three, maybe four years old, maybe five. And I actually had an imaginary friend. Uh, She was a little girl with long brown hair, and her name was Eloise. Now, I 
to this day have no idea how a four-year-old girl can come up with the name Eloise, but I did. I told my parents, hey, her name's Eloise. This is her name. I knew what she looked like. She always wore dresses. And she would actually come into my room, day or night, didn't matter, but she would climb through the window into my room. That's not creepy. Even if the window was closed, she'd just put a leg over and climb right through. Who needs doors anyways? Um, Boundaries. Right? <laughs> and she would come into my room and we would play with our Barbies or we would play with my little pony or, you know, I was actually a really big fan of making like ramps with books for my for my Hot Wheels cars. So, um, yeah, we would play. We would just play all the time. And she was awesome and she was my best friend and I thought it was just a normal child. I knew she was dead. I, I very much knew she was dead. But I just kind of thought it was normal that she would come to visit me, that it was just okay for that to happen. Um, yeah. So obviously, as I got older, I learned that it's, it's not really an accepted thing for your friends to be dead. You know. <laughs> See, I'm okay. fine with that. I draw the boundary going in the window. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. that, especially with it closed. I don't need the ring chick coming to my room at night. All right? <laughs> well, I mean, like you could see her face and stuff. It wasn't like one of those hair over the face creepy things, you know? It, she was she was very very friendly, very out in the air. Like you could see her. You could see all her features. You could see her eyes. You know, she didn't look like scarred Like you just called through my window and freaked me out, but you're cool. Yeah, yeah. No, because I knew she was, she'd be outside the window, and I'd be like, oh, hey, it's Eloise, you know, like, come on in, and then she'd climb on in. So, curiosity, an important, important clarification here. Important. Right? Important. important. Very important. Important clarification here. Porky pig or if you stood outside of your house at your bedroom window, how tall was your window? So, yeah, yeah, actually, my bedroom windows were right on the first floor, and the house did have a basement, but it wasn't raised up at all, so it was... It was like right there. Now, mind you, my brothers, who were quite a few years older than me, they could have climbed in the window like that, but definitely not somebody who was my height. And she was my height. But it still looked like she just simply, from the ground, just put a leg over the window ledge and hopped on in. So, so yeah, it was. there was definitely a height difference, but the window was low enough to make it reasonably okay. So I'm going to ask a question since we all shared our first paranormal experiences yep. that we really maybe, I don't want to say shaped us, but maybe opened you up to the idea. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Alex, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's Alex or Joe. Which one of you have, what inspired each one of you to actually want to pursue this as in the term ghost hunting? Mm. What was your first introduction to like, EVP, uh, recording, <laughs> making you want to go and chase those things. I got it. <laughs> um, actually, it was these guys that actually got me into it. I'm pointing at Alex and Teresa. Uh, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> also good. Um, they had, she had been wanting me to meet her husband for a long time because we had worked together, me and Teresa. And when I finally met him, we were at our, their house and we were having a couple beers I do like and this story. This it got kind of late into the night. I think it was about one o'clock in the morning, and we three, oh, three. Okay, three. My bad. Um, of course, it was three o'clock. No, no, no. That was back when we were younger, man, and we could stay up Hold past on. ten. No, no. <laughs> it was one o'clock in the morning when I first went to leave. No, it was three, and it was five that you ended up staying till. 
Okay, whatever. But uh, <laughs> time differences Semantics. aside. Semantics, yes. I'm getting ready to leave because I it's late. I want to go home and go to bed because I got to work the next day. And then yeah. as I'm walking out the door, I don't know if it was him or another guy that we hang out said something about ley lines. That is my particular event. That was what I was telling you about Indigo. Yes. And the convergence. And I'm literally halfway out the door. And it was actually me who you? said okay. there's a convergence of ley lines at the park. You were in bed already. No. Anyways. No, I wasn't. As I'm literally, I think my butt is in the kitchen, but the rest of my body is out of, into the, outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hear the word convergence of ley lines. I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. I love it. So I heard that, and I immediately stopped and did it. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> like, and I do believe that his shoes literally made that sound on the yeah, floor. Yeah, I turn around, I'm like, did you just say ley lines? And he's like, yeah, why? I was like, no, nah, we're going back to the porch. We're smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Like, we need to <laughs> and that was the end of that. He was hooked. And no, that isn't, isn't what got me hooked. I was curious, but I wasn't hooked. I, I don't know. What I got me hooked is when Alex and this other guy that we used to hang around, around with that we no longer do had come back from Indigo. Oh, yeah. And I am a firm believer of being who you are at all times. And if you are fake, things will have a way of proving you wrong or turning you in the right way. This kid tried to be fake at a ghost hunt. Some things happen. They come in. I'm still working at the time. I was working until 9 o'clock. Yeah. They come in about 8 o'clock, and both of them look like excited little schoolgirls that had just experienced their first crush. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I wish come, that I would have been there for this. They come walking in, and they're like, Joe, Joe, Joe. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, you have to come to the house. We need to talk about this. Some things just happened. And this kid, I will not reference his name. This kid looked at me. He goes, yeah, I got punched in the gut. I'm like, my first thought was like, what, hey, did, you, what did you do? <laughs> so, ended my shift, went to their house, sat down, and this kid literally Spooky. said, right? <laughs> that he had walked up and pronounced himself, himself to be something that he is not. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know the place, there's, it's an old Indian burial ground. He professed himself to be an Indian, which he is not. Yeah, so... And got punched in the gut because of it. There's some, there's some interesting stuff there. Anyway, yes. Yeah. That was my first... Like, I want to go... Again, maybe borderline psychotic. But I was like, I want to go there. Oh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Great, let's go. <laughs> so, yes, that was my... I had been curious about it, but that was my final push into the foray of paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I still reiterate that story every time I can tell it. It's a phenomenal story. So, Mr. and Mrs., which one of you two got into it first? Um, I have actually been in the paranormal ever since I was very young. Um, we not... know. You had little ghost girls climb into the window. Literal. Literal. That's so... got me beat. All right. That, that's <laughs> so got me beat. I, I did not I have four-year-old friends climbing in my window. pursuing it, like with Joe. Yeah. He got intrigued, and that's when he decided to pursue it. So, my pursuit of the paranormal did not actually start with ghosts. It started with um, Native American spirits, uh, spirit animals, I guess you'll call it, and um, cryptids. 
that's that was where I started. Cryptids. Cryptids was a big deal for me. So were you intrigued in the way that you wanted to start finding proof of that? Yeah, I was intrigued in the, hey man, I want to stare face to face with, with you know, a werewolf or the dog man or Bigfoot or uh, the Mothman or, or whatever. I want to see this. I want to prove that this thing is real. Not because I care what anybody else thinks, but because I want to see it. Because, I don't know, morbid curiosity, fucktardery. Yeah. Finding truth. Yeah, absolutely. It was pursuit of finding truth for you. Exactly. And as far as the spirit animal stuff goes, when I was young, I actually had an experience with a white wolf dog that had red eyes. And I would see it in a lot of different places. And I, I have a little bit of Native American heritage. So I started kind of researching spirit animals and and things like that and come to find out this actually was not supposed from everything I read this was not supposed to be taken as a good sign any type of spirit animal with red eyes apparently is a sign of something bad um, I would love to hear otherwise if there are other stories but that's what I read so I didn't know why this thing was coming to me if it was an omen of death or bad luck or so did you perceive it as an omen like as in um more of like you're on a path and um, you need to, like, there's an outside threat to you, or is it a sign, do you think more of like a sign for reflection? No, it, it very much is, is from, what I, from what I read, from what I understand, and mind you, I was like 13, 14, 15 mm-hmm. during the times that I saw this, is it was supposed to represent an outside threat. So, yeah, it was, it, I don't I'm know. giggling, sorry. I don't know. It's, Not it's at weird. that, I'm assuming. No, that. at that, actually. For those of you who are joining us, I have always called Teresa the mother of the group. It was an outside threat. You investigated it because it was threatening your home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a matter of fact, it got to the point where me and the group of friends that I hung out with, I was not the only person who saw it. Mm-hmm. And we actually ended up going out into the middle of a very very overgrown field and and multiple people saw this mind you there was a fence between my backyard and then and then my backyard was fenced in and then there was a big overgrown field behind it that i think was like i don't know wheat in the off season or something anyway so this white wolf dog was standing really far away on the opposite side of this field and the closer that I walked to my fence line, the closer it walked through the field towards my fence line. So we constantly just kept getting closer and closer to each other. Until the point when I was like, this thing's way too close, fuck this. And I would back up and go, I went all the way back to the house, jumped back up on the deck, sat down in one of my chairs, and was like, fuck that, I'm out. And this thing also completely retreated. Um, I don't know. I never did figure out exactly what it was. So was it, like, the closer you got, were you, like, overrun with, like, fear? Or... Yes. Like, kind of like a, we shouldn't be this close? Yeah, it was most definitely very intimidating. It almost came off as a curiosity, but the similar curiosity that you would have if you were hiking out in California and you were getting close to a mountain lion and you saw it and it saw you and you knew that you were both were a little curious about each other but eventually when you meet face to face that mountain lion's gonna tear you into an asshole 
it was like that. White women always have to pet the cat. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> 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 Just bring her Starbucks. She'll come running. <laughs> Facts. So yeah, I never, I never did figure that out. But uh, yeah, it was creepy. Have you had? Was that strictly like in your teenage years, or did you end up? Have you seen it again as an adult? Have um, you encountered it as an adult. I have not seen that particular animal again. Um, I do not rule out spirit animals. I have we uh, the three of us have actually had joint experiences with spirit animals at a different location. A story I'm sure we'll get into eventually. But it's and there is a white wolf there as well. But it is most definitely not the same wolf. Um, it even has different colored eyes. It's they're not red. They're dark brown the way that a wolf should be. But it's still a white wolf. It is, but there's also a black wolf and a gray wolf. God, I can't wait to hear that story from you guys. It's a really good one. We can do a whole episode oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, case. Oh. I, this is interesting. I fully believe that these are probably either nature spirit native american spirit animals or maybe even a combination of both i think they're guardians of the woods i'll tell you what which would lead to this whole forest Mm -hmm. thing let's hold off on that one because that sounds like a good episode two (laughs) that is a great story actually alex did we just um, find our episode two for you (laughs) what made you decide to want to start doing evps what made you decide to pursue this because obviously from what I'm hearing you brought Joe into this you and Teresa have had that as a mutual thing that you bonded over I'm assuming well, when you met so and talked about like how paranormal experience ironically um, I don't think that that was necessarily something that her and I really focused on together until we were together for about a year it yeah, wasn't think... really something that brought us together but we didn't even realize until later that we shared. So when we moved into the house that we actually were living in when we got married, that house is a whole other episode. I mean, plain and simple, it's freaky as hell. For that one, you're going to need a young priest and an old priest and some water. Um, eh, we talk fast. That's probably half an episode. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that, that story is scary. Anyway. Um, so that house was, was, was very, very scary. And then the second house that we moved into, that one, um, it was literally the evening that we moved in. Uh, we were the first ones in the house. My parents were not in the house yet. So we stayed for the first night, just watching our stuff, making sure nothing got stolen, etc., etc. And we're sitting on the couch and the couch... Uh, we're facing the television and to the rear of the couch is an open doorway that goes into the dining room and you go through the dining room and through there is the kitchen so it's all open behind us and I heard a sound so I turn around and I'm staring face to face with a full-on apparition of a man so I kind of reach over and tappity tap Alex I was paying zero attention. I was playing Donkey Kong for the Super Nintendo. Exactly. Mm. So uh, understandable. Sound she turned my head for me because I wasn't looking. Literally, I was like, "You need to f and see this." So, like, literally, kind of turned his chin around, and uh, yeah. 
So there's there's this full-on apparition of a man in our brand new house. This is our first night there. We're like, WTF, mate. Um, this house has its very own story, too, because we actually butted our backyard right up against the cemetery. And we would very frequently see uh, the soldier in uniform whose headstone... St. Mary's Cemetery, Worcester, Ohio. Yep. Believe it or not, that's where I received my first communion. That's hmm. fucked up. Do you know about Baby Boy Mancini? <laughs> yes. Yes! Isn't that the creepiest shit ever? Yeah. Wait, hold on. The headstone faces into the woods, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not okay. There's something wrong with that shit. Anyway, so there was there's a headstone. It's a, it's a military headstone that tells, you know, name and rank. And it's like, here's my backyard. Five feet from the edge of, of the yard is, is this headstone. And we would see who we assumed was that soldier in full military uniform um, just kind of hanging out, standing there in the tree line right by his grave. A lot. We saw him a lot. Like, almost every fucking night. Uh, he never did anything. He never, you know, made noise or scared anybody. He was just there. So, yay! <coughs> Too um, many ghosts. Too many. Going off your personal experience, um, <laughs> the dog, I did have one thing to say. Yes. You're, you said you saw a black mass go from like in corners into the hallway. Um, yes. At one point, one time, I actually saw it as a shape of a man. Okay. And um, like I said, uh, I'm going to draw a quick map. Are we talking shape of a man like full-size human or smaller? It's the oddest shaped house, by the way. That's because <laughs> originally it was just a log cabin. Oh, okay. So it was added on to. Adding on the 14 bedrooms for right. neighborhood kids. Right. right. Okay. So <laughs> this was my room. This was my brother's room. This is my parents' room down here. And I didn't even do that right. Um, because their door. For all you listeners, Tina is now drawing us a map of her. Own I house. I do because it's so weird. It's my parents' house, so the door you can't see the door if you're looking down the hallway. Mm, oh, got you. Okay. And there's a bathroom up here. And oh, where are the steps? Kind of this is the steps. Okay. Okay. So I would come out of my bedroom. I'd have to put the blanket on my head, <laughs> and then run down. And around to my parents' house, bedroom. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long run. It's not proportional drawn. But, I but, mean, it is a long enough hallway that, you know, like, we had, like, a bookshelf in here. There's, a giant, there's like, a cabinet a down here. Yeah, we have a chair. And um, when you're 3'5". Yeah. yeah, at that point. <laughs> when you're, yeah, when you're, literally, when you're 3'5", the hallway is long. I used to have, no, three, really, five. I still get nightmares that, and dreams, but I'll be honest, after being on an antidepressant for as long as I have, mm -hmm. I don't get the dreams like I used to. So I've actually had the same experience, probably a whole other topic altogether, but yeah, my antidepressants also stop my vivid dreaming. But, so I, my bed was right here, and I got out of bed, and I had that, I had that scared feeling, and so I, I was, because I had a nightmare, mm. and I was going to go down to my parents' room, and I get to this corner, because this is like the top of the stairs, um, I get here and I go to turn down here and from behind this corner 
I just watched something go like this and like grab the edge, look around, nope. and I saw a head and shoulders and hands. Knees and toes. And I hadn't put my blanket on over my head yet because I was still in that first part. Messed up. And oh. I was like, <sighs> and instead of, I, it scared me so much that I actually turned around and went back into my room. Oh. And I that's, woke, and I that's got not in bed with my sister because we shared a room. And that's they still live in a house? Yep. Because I know a group of investigators. Do I you? do. <laughs> do you? Um, believe me, we don't even want to talk about my house, which is possibly older. But okay. I thought that you didn't want us to come to your house because you because I'm scared. To stir them up. No, that's uh, because I believe when. In my experience, when you start acknowledging things, when you acknowledge things, you give them power. No, you are 100% accurate. You, you give them power. You're inviting yeah. it in. No, but did right. you know that there's also a way to tell them, okay, that's enough. You're done now. Okay. I've learned boundaries in therapy. Boundaries. But ghosts don't listen to those boundaries. No, absolutely. Actually, they the do. The same way. You just got to mean it. Literally. You just got to mean it. No, not even shitting you. Um, if you give a ghost, if you give any sort of spirit, if you give them a clear boundary line, for real, they won't cross it. Like, they're still kind of human. Ghosts. Ghosts uh, will not yeah. cross that line. We do have to make a distinguishing mm -hmm. mark between ghosts and demons now. So, yes. That said, I've been doing this for a very long time. I have never come face to face with a demon like our peeing buddy Joe here. That said, pissing Joe. That Piss said, that's not sticking. <laughs> by the time that I actually got into actively investigating and a lot, which was 17, 18, I have been well read enough and the internet had been out for long enough about two years that <laughs> I knew the similarities between sulfur and demons so I've smelled that smell before and when I smell that smell it's time for me to get out yeah no yeah. I since know that now yeah um but that said, yes, ghosts, if you tell them to leave, they will leave. Yeah, if you you're like, if you're like hey, this is my fucking so house and this is the rule. My new motto has been, especially now that I'm my own homeowner who has experienced things and I felt like I was experiencing a threat in my house before, my new motto has been, I'm the scariest thing in this house. Mm. Or, I'm the scariest thing in the dark right now. Me. Facts. And... You gotta fake it till you make it with these things. <laughs> so, so one thing that I think is really important that every single person should know, it's not okay to feel afraid in your own home. And these things, you absolutely must set boundaries and you must make them ironclad. And if you believe it and you speak it with authority, they have to hear you. They have to listen to you. And if they don't, that's why people call us. Literally, it's for another episode that I come back and visit you guys. I'll tell you all about how I home, I DIY banished the ghosts out of my house. I think. <laughs> I yeah, love it. There's, there's, there's a reason why I asked if you had the house because I had a similar experience with the black shadow going across the hallway. Mine wasn't the man; it was covered in fur. <laughs> that's creepy. That's we can save that for another time since we're coming close. So that on was time. the only time I ever saw a shape yeah. in my parents' home. And that's very creepy. To me. How I saw this one because I do believe in night terrors is a real thing, and you always see a shadow figure or something there when you have that. But at this point in time, I was dead asleep, 
didn't know what night terrors were, were not having one. And as a kid, I used to put on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then go to sleep with it on because <laughs> I'm a nerd, nerd. But I had taken it off, taken the headphones off and went to bed. Next thing I know, probably, I don't know how long time it was, uh, the play button was hit, my headphones were taken out, and I woke up to Bebop making a really weird noise that woke me up. Turned around, saw that figure walk out of my room. What's Bebop? Bebop and Rocksteady. It's part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's one of the bad guys. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that was why I kind of related it to with that. So that's why I was yeah. wondering. I, I, I think that was and, and And Alex and I living in two haunted houses, one right after the other when we got married. Just two? Yeah. Right after we got married. You're still living. The first house and the second house, both haunted. And at the second house, when I was talking about the soldier in the backyard, that is actually where we started seeking out, quote-unquote, professional ghost hunters so that we could join their team and learn more. So you weren't scared of it. You were intrigued. Um, I think anybody's going to get jump scared. Anybody. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are, and I don't care how long you've been doing it. If something pops out, it's going to scare you. I equate it to... You know how the first time you ride a roller coaster... It's not the most fun thing on the planet. <laughs> exactly. But then you kind of turn into a little bit of an adrenaline junkie and you want to do it again. Yeah, mm. it's like that. I am good on roller coasters. I don't like them. But <laughs> with all of that said, again, I want to thank um, everybody for listening. Uh, we are we are super grateful to have you hanging around telling stories with us. If you have any stories that you want to tell us. You uh, go ahead and please just send us an email. It's nolightsparanormal at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook under No Lights Paranormal. Uh, I am Teresa. This is Alex. This is Joe. And this is our lovely guest, Cena. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully I can come back again. I would love that. And can you please give a shout out for Wife Wednesday? Absolutely. So Wife Wednesday, we upload once weekly. Uh, we're uh, technically the Wife Wednesday Radio Network now. Our Wife Wednesday podcast is twice a month, and then myself and my co-host each do our own special interest podcast. Hers is called The Dark. She covers serial killers, ghost sightings, alien appar- like like abductions, anything strange and unusual. And what do you cover, Cena? And mine is called Nerd Questing because. Um, bunch of you guys got me into this thing called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Real hardcore. Like the two are really interchangeable for you though. I could also see you doing a podcast about serial killers. What is, okay, so this we're is Dungeons both, and Dragons you speak of? Oh, we're wow. both in each other. Like it's still Wife Wednesday but we take turns being the actual host where it's more of you're the main main host and then you're gotcha. talking with someone. Okay. So see, you heard it right there. It's a three in one podcast called Wife Wednesday. You absolutely have to listen to it. When can they hear you? Every Wednesday at ten AM Eastern Standard Time on any place you get your podcast, any major platform. Brock Socks. Alright guys, thank you so very much for joining us. This is No Lights Paranormal signing out.